Welcome to Voices of E-Learning with your host, J.W. Marshall and Lena Marie Saleh, a podcast that highlights the people who are changing the way we learn and grow. Each week, we'll speak to the innovative minds who are pushing the boundaries and transforming online education. We'll explore their stories and discover how they're empowering students around the globe to achieve success. Join us on this journey and get inspired by the power of online learning. Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Voices of E-Learning. I am your host, J.W. Marshall from Summer K-12, and with me as always is my co-host, uh, Lena Marie Saleh with hey, Canva. Great to see you. And we have a returning guest. Uh, he has not returned for his fifth appearance yet, but this is probably number three or four. Uh, right. was one of our early guests a couple of years ago. Daryl Crawl is with us, and he's the National Sales Manager for Panasonic Connect. Daryl, how are you doing today? Great. Glad to see both of you. It's uh, another exciting conversation that I love to talk about. Awesome. And we can't wait to dive right in. Um, but before we get into our questions, uh, you haven't been on for a while. So if you could refresh our new audience as it grows every week, uh, who are you and what do you love about what you do with Panasonic Connect? Well, I uh, national sales manager for Panasonic. Uh, really, what's been exciting, I've been in the AV industry for over 25 years, and I've always been very, very engaged in the educational space. And Panasonic's been a great company, and I know that we've kind of talked about it in the past, but if you think about it, Panasonic's been in classrooms for over 50 years, and you certainly know very well that technology has changed and the classrooms have changed over those 50 years. So it might have been one piece, you know, 50 years ago, and now there's a plethora of Panasonic solutions that are going into higher education to improve that student learning experience. And we'll just jump in right there. Uh, since you've been on a few times since this thing started two years ago, uh, what have been the biggest shifts that you've seen over the last two years? And, you know, we'll just get right into it. Where are we heading into 2023? Exactly. You know, it's interesting because if we talk about technology and the learning environment and certainly in this kind of post-pandemic environment that we're finally in, you know, technology continues to shape the educational space by making that environment more engaging for the students and more productive for the professors. Uh, so really a lot has changed in that, you know, we've all gotten acclimated to Zoom and MS Teams and the collaboration, uh, but really now pulling all those pieces together, kind of the Panasonic connected classroom where technology continues to shape all the infrastructure, the support, the pedagogy. So not just having it in an, as an island, but having it as more of a holistic and ecosystem approach from PTZ cameras, projectors, pro audio, lecture capture, digital signage, and really kind of making it more of an enterprise solution versus piecemeal. Okay, so as far as um, seeing things shift to more of like the enterprise side of things, um, we know that the pandemic obviously shifted everyone to being more in that like virtual space. Are you seeing uh, are you seeing that um, there's still like a need for that like virtual and in-person aspects with regards to the technology integration within the higher ed space? Yes, that's very much so. The, the Panasonic Connected Classroom, as we were talking about, is really the approach about the technology, the pedagogy, and the student learning experience. So a lot of colleges and universities are adopting more AV because they have got accustomed to that kind of hybrid environment. And the other important thing, and we've always kind of known this, is that no one student learns the same way. 
So it's really imperative for institutions to implement all these different kinds. Some are new and some have been around for a while, learning tools that engage the students' senses. So sight, touch, sound, very important to foster that collaboration and encourage those new ideas to enable them to, to grow both personally and professionally. And some of those AV technologies are, are integrated outside the classroom, right? So lecture capture is an area where we've had great concentration on where it's they're recording the classroom, they, the, those classes, and then they have to manage that content and the students that are more of an, an asynchronous environment so that they can review certain content that they have, you know, are very, very interested in or they couldn't get to class for whatever reason. So just having that av availability of content across many different platforms is kind of becoming the new norm. And let's go a little deeper in that because I feel like we're finally turning the corner from using technology and education to help get by and now pivoting towards really best practices and using technology in classrooms because it's the best thing to do and not because we have to. Um, and of course, some things going back to in-person because that's the best thing to do. And, and people always ask me, well, what's better in-person or online? It's like, well, it depends, right? We want to use the best of both worlds, the best instruction in person and use of our time and the best technology. So talk to us about a little bit more of the best practices and things you're excited about in 2023 that, uh, that higher ed can really um, you know, kind of springboard off of this, you know, terrible pandemic uh, forcing of technology to really um, kind of using it at its best. Absolutely. That's a great point of, you know, what's better in, in class or hybrid? It's kind of like, well, it depends upon the student. It depends upon the learning institution. But really this, this importance of immersive learning, what does that mean? Oh, well, getting the students engaged, right? Academic studies have confirmed that there's a positive link between student engagement and student retention at the university level when the students are involved in the learning process or task and, and they're more inclined to be interested in what's being taught and retain that information. I mean, if you think about it, as the generations evolve and, and going from, you know, a K through 12 experience where maybe they, it was a lot online, the expectations of the students is, is, is far greater with the types of technologies that are used. So engaged in a connected classroom, having the ability to change the way the teachers are teaching and the way that the students are interacting with each other in today's environment is really focusing specifically on that student learning achievement. So it's, it's important as this merging technology to enhance pedagogy becomes more integrated into the overall system. So even with more changes in, in the recent years, as we've seen and talked about, it's it's caused institutions to rethink the approach of providing education and, and social environment. You know, what are some of the things that are allowing students to be uh, more actively engaged? And so more now more than ever before, there's there's a need for flexible, connected classrooms equipped with you know sharing tools allowing students to collaborate uh, with a deeper knowledge and integrated level um, so it's been kind of interesting you know the students expect expectations have changed professors have have become a little bit more comfortable some better than others with the technology that's in the classroom um, and so now they're really starting to implement new ways of teaching students to get into more specific um elements of what they're trying to learn or what they're trying to teach. 
So it's becoming more of a, a seamless and transparent, almost second nature type of technology uh, in the classrooms. And then, of course, we could talk about how do you manage all these technologies, which we could probably get to in, in another area of this conversation as well. How do you manage all those tools that are in 300 classrooms or something like that? So I've heard you mention a bit about the Panasonic Connect and how that kind of looks. So maybe for those people who don't really understand what that means or, or what that might look like, um, could you expand a little bit more on wh what that is um, and how that's basically helping to support that more of that immersive experience and environment? Because you're right, not everyone learns um, in way in one way. And I think the importance of technology is that it has kind of um, taken away the just like needing to go to class to go to class, but actually going to class to like interact and create that more of that immersive learning space. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier before we started the recording about, you know, what happened in 2022 and it was this return of conferences and in-person, you know, uh, higher education collaboration, which has been great. And so 2022 was a very busy year. And I think 2023 is also going to be very active in regards to conferences. So we just came back from two major uh, higher education conferences. One is now called ETC, the Educational Technology Collaborative, formerly CCUMC. They've been around since the 70s. And then most recently, we were at a, a conference called Dutchie, which is the Drivers of Education in Technology for California. And so both of those conferences have reinforced what we have been doing for the entire year, talking about the connected classroom. And so what is that? So basically pulling all the different pieces together. A good example of what that connected classroom can include is lecture capture. So it allows the faculty to easily engage the students, but also deliver the content to the students. And, and sometimes when you're trying to put introduce PTZ cameras and pro audio and just interactive displays, you know, all that technology, the, the more automated that it is and the more comfortable that faculty are able to use that makes it very important. So Panasonic has been utilizing like in our PTZ cameras, integrating with our pro audio equipment, combining facial and body recognition for auto tracking. So if you have a professor that's kind of walking around as they might like to do, you know, it's more of a smooth interaction. And then our zone settings on our pro audio with our PTC cameras allow you to, if that microphone is live, that camera automatically goes to the audio. So you don't need like a second or third person or even one person in that room to control all the technology. It's becoming much more automated. I love that. And uh, I wish I had that uh, just a few years ago when I was doing my executive MBA, which was supposed to be in person and, and turned virtual during the uh, the pandemic. Uh, anytime you watch the video after if you miss class or something, it was, you know, the waistline or the top of the head and and, you know, the, the screen's not switching properly, things like that. So it's good to hear that that AI is helping power a lot of that and making it easy for educators as Lena and I talk about all the time on this show, it's gotta be easy to use. Um, but that but kind of brings up a question is, uh, you know, uh, technology and the flipped classroom has been an idea and a concept for a long time. Are we seeing now in higher ed that that's becoming more of the norm uh, where professors are more uh, comfortable and more, uh, 
I guess, engaged with doing some of their instruction, uh, the stage on the stage model that yes. was so popular for many, many years yes. uh, in a recorded format, not just for some of the missed class, but actually to do class that way so that they can just, as we said, conferences, it's quality over quantity. People want to spend that time together and have it mean value, not just sit in a room next to each other and listen to a, a really cool presenter. Um, are we seeing more and more of that? Uh, and are, is that going to continue uh, to be the trend moving forward? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of like if you look at the classroom today, it's changed dramatically. Certainly there's there's auditoriums that are that 150 to 200 student environment where it's more the sage on the stage application. But kind of taking that huddle room and making that breakout area where you've got multiple work spaces that are very flexible. So there might be six or eight students at one table and then utilizing, you know, our voice activated PTZ cameras to go to that table with our interactive displays. And so they're kind of breaking it down where the rooms, the classrooms are much more flexible. So the furniture can move, the technology can move. There's more wireless, which is good and bad sometimes on, on campuses, but just the flexibility of these smaller work groups, which is kind of what's happening, you know, in the business world where it's more of these work units or work groups that are collaborating together and all these different more automated technologies, whether it's audio or our cameras that really enable that to, to work more smoothly and, and make it a better learning environment for, for the student. Before you progress oh, on to the next question, I was just going to say, it's, it's really nice to see that and, and knowing that also you as a team are kind of adapting to like what teachers are needing in the space and, you know, kind of opening up to that because <laughs> JW's right. Um, during the pandemic, I was, um, at my old company, I was working and doing some like virtual uh, lessons with teachers and it'd be the same thing where students were at home and people were in class and you would just not see anything. You would see the desk. Um, you might see a corner of a whiteboard. You might see something like that, but also the audio was, was terrible. Like you couldn't hear it. You couldn't see, you could, there was no way to like interact. So it's nice to see that, that also as a company, you're adapting to be to the needs of the classroom to make it more, um, of a real world experience, no matter where you are, I think. And that also speaks to special education and the different needs of other students, because so often we speak to the one type of student, but this gives an opportunity to even have captioning. You can do different things to really think about the accessibility needs of students as well. So that's an important aspect too. Definitely the video aspect, even if it's a PowerPoint, right? Just having that extra sense of visual. But if you have bad audio in a class and you're trying to you know, pay attention and even, even if you're in the classroom and you have bad audio, it's not a good experience. And that's why we've always said sound is such a critical aspect of the educational environment. You know, our, our deck technology for our pro, uh, pro audio systems can address the functionality of changing rooms. It goes from a large room to some of these smaller breakout uh, individual workspaces. Um, so it's better for the professor because they're confident they're maybe wearing a lav microphone or they could utilize our gooseneck or, or um, uh, boundary microphones and they don't have to worry about the audio. You know, if we just use a, a computer for the audio and, you know, you, you have issues with that. So having the designated audio system in the classroom is beneficial for the students in the classroom as well as those who are remote. 
And I wanted to shift gears just a little bit as higher ed in some ways has reflected the, the future of the workforce. In some ways it hasn't, but it seems to be coming together more. At the same time, the workforce, uh, the workplace is changing a lot. It is becoming more hybrid, more fluid. Um, and I feel like college has kind of always been that way where, you know, it isn't a nine to five job, right? It is fluidity, but now even more so with technology. Are you seeing even more technology across campus, not just with professors, not just in classrooms, but student unions and student organizations? Is everything moving into this blurred line of hybrid? Yes. If the, you're on campus, I mean, you could look at schools that are maybe uh, out west in California. You may and and they're in, you know, the students are in the quad. The class is happening right next to them, but they'd like to be in the quad because it's a beautiful day. So you're absolutely right. Having that ability, uh, not only outside of the campus, but around campus where you're integrating with the student union or integrating with other areas of campus and collaborating. It's kind of interesting. You know, from an esports perspective, which is another huge area of growth for Panasonic uh, in higher education, that's exploding. So they're taking student unions, or they're taking maybe what was an old uh, computer lab and refreshing, uh, refreshing the technology in those areas uh, to start esports programs. So there's no question that students coming in to higher education right now are are more comfortable with the technology. I think a lot of the factory uh, faculty are catching up with that. Um, so there are all these different types of technologies from, we have this new product, which is really cool for huddle rooms called the Press It 360 camera phone. So literally it's got four cameras. It's it's really used for about four to six people. But if you have multiple, uh, a room with multiple tables, you'd have one of these on each table. And it basically um, electronically stitches the images of all four cameras so that you can see everybody. Or if you wanna just see the presenter from that table, you press a button. And, and, and so some of those technologies we didn't have previous uh, previously, and now those are the types of technologies that are going into classrooms that just make that collaboration and interaction and learning experience so much better. And I would just say, I think sometimes I need that in the workspace. We have lots of Zoom meetings, right? And some a lot of people are in person and I'm like, wait, who's saying that? Who's right. talking? Like you have no idea. You can't see who they are or how, how they're um, interacting. So that's definitely like a needed tool I'm like in the regular workspace as well to kind of keep that um, immersive workplace experience too. Exactly, because I've been on. We've all been on many calls where there might be a you know a nice long conference table with about twelve people, and then there's a small camera somewhere you know that's over by the monitor, and somebody who's talking at the furthest end of the table. It's like, oh, who's that? I can't really see. So, absolutely, this allows you to just have greater clarity in audio, more visual engagement. So, you know, that's why a lot of faculty will say, you've got to have your camera on in class because I want to make sure you're not sleeping. It's just like, you know, the way to keep students engaged. Otherwise, we're on so many calls. At some point, you do get video fatigue, but it also enables, if it's good quality video, then it enables you to, to lessen some of that fatigue. All right. This all is sounding almost too good to be true. So you mentioned reference it earlier. How do campuses manage all this? Because it seems like 10 years ago, this would be billions of dollars and a huge staff. And how do we make sure everything is talking to each other? But my hope is you're going to tell me it's much easier today than it would have been uh, pre-pandemic. You bring up a great point. That's one thing we haven't talked about is that 
the accessibility to the technology has become much more affordable. You know, let's say five, maybe even seven years ago, if you were to do the type of classrooms that are being installed today, you're, you know, 120, 100, maybe $200,000 in a brand new classroom, which is a ton, right? Now, because of the functionality of things like MS Teams or Zoom and the cost of some of the cameras and, and audio solutions have become much more affordable. Um, with that technology, as we talked about, you need to manage it. So some of the challenges for any institution is that, let's say they have 100 rooms, some institutions have 300 rooms. So instead of just having a Panasonic projector and a display, you might now have, you know, 10 pieces or, or 20 pieces. So putting things on the network and managing those assets is something that Panasonic has been engaged with for a long time. Gosh, for 20 plus years, we've had our what's called PJ Link, which is a free software where you can manage your displays and projectors. You have to be on the network, obviously, uh, but, you know, that was just a free uh, way to manage the projectors and, and displays in the classroom. But now with all these other types of uh, technologies in the classroom, once they're in this uh, ecosystem, you have that uh, uh, what we call an early warning software and some other asset management solutions that allow uh, classroom technology people to monitor those rooms individually or as in groups uh, just remotely. So you could see, oh, is the projector on? Is the audio or the batteries in the audio, uh, the Panasonic audio working uh, and fill, filled ready to go so just being able to look at dashboards of all these different assets across the campus enables them to troubleshoot so oh the projector isn't working oh you didn't hit control f or whatever you know so you can manage those assets remotely much more effectively but you can also pull the data to see oh the you know those um document cameras haven't been used very much, or, you know, this room hasn't been used, but this one has, and what's the difference in technology? So maybe the technology of the, in the rooms that are being used the most is where you want to take the rest of your, your campus. And so it gives higher education some data to say what's working, you know, what might need to be changed, and, and what type of activity are you seeing across all these different campuses and, and, and assets. That's really cool that we're moving to that next stage. Like we talked about now moving into best practices. Now you're going to have data to really support and you can cross-reference that with student uh, reviews of the course or with professor feedback, things like that. And you can see, okay, uh, this is what's working. How do we better train the rest of the professors or the rest of the departments on leveraging the technology? Um, and this will be my qu last question related to that. Um, what kind of support and training do the, not just the IT folks, but the professors uh, get to help them as they've probably closed the gap more than ever in the last year or two to go from very little tech savviness to an adequate amount, hopefully, to becoming maybe not, uh, you know, tech experts, but, but, but comfortable. And that's really the important thing, I think, in higher ed is that at least everyone is comfortable uh, with the technology? That's a good question because you're looking at um, more network IT background. So we've always talked about this uh, convergence of AV and IT and it's happening, right? Uh, whether you like it or not. So just, you know, working with um, organizations like Avixa, you know, uh, Panasonic and other companies have training on some of the uh, 
the components that go into the classroom from projectors and displays, but having a fundamental background in IT and some networking functionality, not that you have to design a system, but you know, pretty much all the technologies that we're talking about from Panasonic in the connected classroom are, are network capable. So having some minimum uh, understanding of basic IT and networking uh, and IP addresses and how all that works is, is probably the number one step that anybody in AV needs to get acclimated with and, and, and start to uh, to understand better if they don't already. But like I said, whether it's a VIXA or other uh, organizations out there. And the other great thing about higher education is there's a lot of um, organizations and associations that they're just communities of higher education uh, institutions. I had uh, lunch yesterday with uh, uh, a school in Big Ten, and we were talking about all the different user groups. And so the great thing is they all collaborate really well together, and they talk about, hey, what are some of the issues? How did you overcome some of those issues? And and that's why I mentioned uh, ETC, the Education for uh, Technology Collaborative, and and Dutchie, uh, and there's another great organization, Hetma Hetma.org. That's the Higher Education Technology Managers. Alliance. So the wonderful resources that are out there for higher education institutions is something like I've never seen for any other vertical. And, and we talk about it all the time. They're very, very fortunate to have a lot of support. Maybe if they don't have it in their institution, there's other institutions either, you know, down the block or in the same state or somewhere in the U.S. where they can access a lot of the, the learning tools and, and just tribal knowledge that this crazy industry throws uh, across the, the transom for a lot of uh, AVIT uh, classroom technology people. Yeah, and, and it's exciting for higher ed, which has historically been a little bit of a slow moving uh, entity, even though they are innovators in a lot of areas and what they do trickles down to K-12 or into the workforce. But it's exciting to see them move past the uh, commiserating of, oh, this is really hard to, wow, we just did this, or we're doing this in esports now. And what are you guys doing? Oh, you're not doing it yet. Oh, yeah. you know, that that seems to be turning the corner also in just excitement for the future. Um, and I think part of that is the feeder to the fire a little bit that colleges, universities need to evolve and change to keep students coming and keep keep the lights on. But I'm hoping we keep moving past that and accelerating towards colleges and universities getting back to providing an experience and a value that you wouldn't even want to question that this is why we want to go this is why we want to do this this is the value we're going to get um and so it is a critical time i think 2023 is going to be a critical year but um it sounds like from what you're hearing those institutions adopting the infrastructure necessary to provide this technology uh that they are going to be on the right path and the right side of history as far as innovation and and uh, not just surviving this transitional period, but really starting to thrive. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the things we've started to see significantly. There have been schools over the last 10 years where they're using technology as a recruitment tool, right? Trying to get STEM and STEAM students. And you come into the student union and you're wowed by these Panasonic video walls or all these different technologies. 
then that kind of resonates. So you got you have to obviously have the academic uh, and pedagogy that that supports the technology, but it is that kind of wow factor when a you know a senior in high school goes to on a campus tour and they go see the student union and they see an esports uh, uh, program. They're like, oh, I like this place. So it, it is definitely being used more as a recruitment tool. And I pretty much think all higher education institutions at a very high level recognize that. All right. Well, so if you're out there listening and you're a part of a higher ed institution, not only can Panasonic Connect help keep you up to date, up to speed, but they're innovating as well. And and I would say get on board uh, now and uh, otherwise you're going to get left behind. So, Daryl, thank you so much for uh, joining us once again on the show. I can't wait to bring you back on uh, later in 2023 to talk about uh, continued uh, innovations and things that you're doing over there at Panasonic Connect. Thank you so much, Lena and JW. Always a pleasure to chat with you guys. And like I said, it's my favorite topic. So look forward to our next opportunity to do so again. Perfect. And hopefully another roundtable coming up as well. We love having you on the roundtables. Perfect. I'll bring um, our new Panasonic 360, which will get all of us in the image, all in one image. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going we're gonna to use it. Um, and to our audience, thank you for joining another episode of Voices of Learning. We love having you come and uh, check out our new episodes every week. Uh, we're excited uh, to be in season three. It sounds uh, crazy uh, two years ago to think we'd be over 100 episodes in the third season, but uh, it's just really exciting. So continue to interact with us on social media. Uh, look up Lena and I and Daryl on LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And uh, remember to always, always keep learning. Mm-hmm.